outtakes director's cuts. Me and Jacob are here to put two directors head to head against one another and see which one of them, I don't know, cut from existence still feels too, uh, <laughs> it's too harsh, much. Isn't it? It's, it's very Thanos, harsh. isn't it? Yeah, very. Yeah. But whatever, they're going to fight. They're going to have a duke it out and I can put the Street Fighter versus in the, in the thumbnail. That's good. So <laughs> this week's directors, we've got James Gunn, David Ayer, of course, both men have, well, one will have headed up. The other one has headed up our filmic interpretations of the Suicide Squad. One of them to, uh, should we politely call David Ayer's a mixed response? That's, yeah, that, that's a polite way of, mm-hmm. of saying it. Um, an unpolite way would be like a bag of shit. Complete dog shit. Yeah. The, God David, awful. His Suicide Squad totally reminds me of like... <sighs> Because Josh Trank also did this with Fantastic Four, claiming like, oh no, the studio rubbished it. There's a good movie in there I made somewhere. I'm like, is there though? <laughs> I was watching a lot of it. It didn't look. Anyway, yeah. and the other one, again, we'll, we'll politely say people are cautiously optimistic. Another way of saying really, really excited. But, you know? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it looks so different immediately. Unbelievably Just... different. <sighs> it looks how. It looks colourful, this new trailer. It looks bright and colourful, which is kind of what they were... They rebranded Suicide Squad to be at the end. Yeah. But, yeah, the start of it was very fitting in with uh, the Man of Steel original Justice League. Well, before it got Joss Whedon's Justice League colour palette of just dull. There's something something really minor about, about the James Gunn Suicide Squad already that I've sort of noticed that i think sums up the difference between the two which is so david ayers was always kind of like i remember him doing this interview being like this is like superhero movie 2.0 like you've never seen anything like this it felt like someone who was grabbing hold of a property and being like no this is this is how i will do it this is my version this is how i'm going to improve it and better it were mm-hmm. were this small little thing in the suicide squad trailer the guy who puts the thing in the back of the of michael rooker's head is the original writer and creator of Suicide Squad from the comics. Mm -hmm. And to me, that feels like someone who's gone, I've read them, I enjoyed them, I am here (laughs) to interpret them, but we we are are bringing forth the world of comic books instead of, this fucking superhero, you've never seen a movie like this! You know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you can guarantee that um, the writer, the original writer of Suicide Squad wouldn't have had any... Well, it didn't feel like he had any input on it. It would shock one, me. Especially yeah. not a cameo. But So I will go. be taking up James's corner and Jacob will be taking up David Ayer's corner. And oh, lucky you. <laughs> I suffered last week with uh, yes. Michael Bay. <laughs> yep. So we're going to go for round one. Round one is awards. The simple rules are any positive awards that you have won over your career is a point. Any negative awards that you have won over career is a point lost. So... Going through James Gunn's, we have a fairly positive start, 2006 and 2007. Slither won awards at the Chainsaw Awards and the Saturn Awards. One of them was was genuinely good. They're both positive awards. One of them is it just just says filmmakers showcase. So that's that's generally like, oh, this was this was a good movie. Let's talk about this movie. The other one was highest body count. Ah, wow, right? That's uh, yeah, very good. Quite something. Then there was nothing. Uh, until 2014, so a full seven-year gap for any awards. <laughs> and unfortunately for James, both of them were at the Golden Raspberries, the worst screenplay and worst director 
which he shared with the other writers and directors of movie 43. Um, but oh, okay. still involved in the project. There's two points lost. And then we bring all the way, well, not bang up to date. 2015 still feels like yesterday somehow, even though it was six years ago. Jeez, yeah. Um, where he won Hollywood Film Awards Blockbuster of the Year, the uh, Critics' Choice Awards Best Action Movie, and the Saturn Awards Best Comic to Movie uh, Motion Picture, and Best Director, all for Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Fairly self-explanatory. Come on. Yeah. Okay. What does that leave your, your total? That on? leaves our total at four. Four. All right, all right. That's that's interesting. Okay. So, uh, David Ayer's stuff. Um, so, well, we'll go with we'll start on positive, and then we'll we'll, we'll work down. So, <laughs> nominations. I'm gonna I'll touch on those. So the um, the Georgia Film Critics Association got got an award. His film. Well, it didn't get an award. It got nominated. Sorry, for Oof. sabotage. I've not heard of that one. I've nope, not no, seen same. that one, but there you go. Um, also got a nomination at the London Film Festival for End of Watch, which again, another film I am yet to watch, but uh, it looks it looks positive. Was, was End um, of Watch the one, because I'm sure he did a movie, I can't remember which, this is bad of me, but I'm sure he did a movie that people went, when Suicide Squad was coming out, people were like, no, this is good that he's making Suicide Squad because he's made this other movie and it's basically Suicide Squad. It's that End of Watch. Um, I don't know. Maybe. Cool. All I know is End <laughs> of Watch has, it's got Jake Gyllenhaal and Michael Peña in it. Right. And they're, they're LA cops. Um, End of Watch also was nominated at the Zurich Film Festival for Best um, Picture. It hasn't won anything, I was going to say they were though. all nominations, yeah. They're all nominations. He hasn't, he hasn't won anything yet um although he also hasn't won any bad awards although again nominated for he got uh nomination well yeah in hall of shame for suicide squad from the alliance of women film journalists fair uh he shared that award with uh margot robbie (laughs) i mean she was just doing what she was told yeah yeah um also picked up a nomination for Suicide Squad, worst picture at the Razzies, but didn't win or lose that. So God, what I wonder what did win that. Like if worst screenplay, ah, uh, specifically was where it was nominated. The winner was Batman v Superman: Dawn oh. of Justice. <laughs> Do you know what? I had a sneaky suspicion it might have been. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it might have been Zach. Um, other notable nominations in that in that year so dirty grandpa remember that one jesus is that was that With, de niro i think that was de niro um gods of egypt uh oh, hillary's america the secret history of the democratic party and independence day resurgence <laughs> oof what a uh, year what a year so i think out of all of those i don't think suicide squad was the worst for for screenplay, yeah. bafflingly no, yeah. <laughs> Somehow, so uh, if it had been released any other year, though, I reckon it it would have it would have won that. Um, but at, at the end of that awards round for David Ayer, he finishes on a, a solid zero, zero, which oh. for a minute I thought was gonna uh, 
winning it because you went down to minus two at one point, didn't you, for James Gunn? And I yeah, thought, yeah, we took we took two points off. Yeah, is, yeah. Is David Ayer gonna gonna win for, for like zero? <laughs> and then I'd, I'd forgotten somehow about uh, Guardians of the Guardians Galaxy. Of the Galaxy. <laughs> which, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that means James takes round one. Round two is the highest rated movie with the highest rated score on IMDb. So it's combining critics' reactions, audience reactions to really find the heart of, of whose people's favorite movie is from these directors. James's. Do you want to take a guess what people's favorite James Gunn movie is? I think it could be uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Unbelievably. Oh, yes. Phenomenal. <laughs> uh, Guardians has come out with a solid 8.0. Oof, very good, very good. Um, David Ayer didn't quite break eight. Um, his highest uh, rated films, they, they, share, they share the same score. Uh, End of Watch and Fury both have a 7.6. 7.6, whoa. Yeah, Close. out of all his films, they're the ones I recognise. I've seen one of them and I enjoyed it at the time, so... Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, which which means two weeks in a row we've had a director completely run away with r- <laughs> round yeah, one and yeah. two. We should, we, maybe we should add maybe, more rounds to this have a, down, yeah. down the line. <laughs> uh, because James has absolutely taken it. So the la- but the last round, the last discussion we'll have is who has made the biggest contribution to cinema? So mm-hmm. with these two directors, it's interesting. Last week we took at the tactic of like, oh, well, because Michael Bay and Zack Snyder have been around so long, or would this have happened if they didn't do X and whatnot? Whereas James Gunn and David Ayer's filmic history is, well, to sort of reference the start of the show, mixed to say the least. James mm-hmm. is as well, you know. So, there's the the biggest argument I could make in favor of James, as someone who likes his, his modern work, right? Is is this a contribution to cinema? I suppose so. James Gunn's work on Guardians of the Galaxy opened up more eyes in one particular direction to superhero films. We were in we were in this period around you know 2010 to 2012 where superhero movies were dominating the landscape and they were gaining their own fan bases. They were trying to win over casual moviegoers, blockbuster watch action movie fans, that sort of things. What mm-hmm. Guardians managed to do was start to open the eyes of film fans who had washed away the mcu as oh, it's just dumb it's just commercialized whatever you're never going to make a quality film out of these i spoke to quite a few people in during my time at university who work in the film industry who when someone says about superhero movies they're all just trash they're all just their sell product someone would always say have you seen guardians when they said no, yeah. they would always say, watch Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, because it's not necessarily like a superhero movie. It's, no. it's the fact that it's so far out, set in space, set other than the characters being Marvel characters, it has no real connection to it being a superhero oh, really? property. Which, yeah, I think, I think Guardians of the Galaxy was always going to get made. Because as Marvel were expanding, they wanted to move off into space, have some cosmic stuff coming in. Um, but I think, yeah, James Gunn made, did, did such a good job on making that, that it allowed everyone to come to it, enjoy it. Like if, if you wanted to have someone start watching Marvel movies, ordinarily, I'd say start at Iron Man, 
work your way up. Sure. It start, goes from most grounded to <laughs> least grounded. Yeah. Having said that, I'd maybe say watch Guardians of the Galaxy first to, just to get a taste. Yeah, like and if go you go back to Iron Man and then rewatch our Guardians again as you come up to it. If you know push, that push like through. action movies and superhero movies aren't really the typical thing. Yeah, yeah. That I would absolutely recommend Guardians. The strength of Guardians of the Galaxy, I think, and it's and it's cons- remained consistent through the entire Guardians story, including Infinity War, bafflingly. Well, James Gunn contributed to the Guardians scenes for the screenplay for Infinity War, which is why the feel so authentic is it's all because all stories ultimately are, are pulled from like a list of like basic themes you know there's like i went we did them in uni it was years ago i can't I can't list them all now but one of the big ones is loss as a part of life guardians of the galaxy kind of feels like an ensemble movie like a team-up movie it's mm-hmm. not really it's the star Wars movies the guardians do stuff you know the guardians uh, have, have great things to do and say within those films but they are peter quill coming to terms with that loss which starts off with losing his mother and then at the end of the movie he holds out his hand symbolically to his mom re- uh, really to Gamora to accept sometimes you're going to lose the people you love and then Guardians 2 is him dealing with the exact reason for that loss he comes face to face with why he lost that person in the first place and then Infinity War is him recognizing that sometimes you have to choose to lose someone when he pulls the trigger at Gamora. Yeah. He makes yeah. that, like when he pulls that trigger, he has chosen, He in his, in his head, she's dead. Mm. For, the, for, the, for the greater good, for the benefit of the entire universe, he's had to choose to let go of someone he loves. And now we're going to move forward in Guardians 3 where not only has he lost that person and she's gone, there is someone around who looks like her, who speaks yep. like her, who thinks like her, but it's not her. And how did he come no. to terms with that? And I think that's a brilliant, interesting story. And I think that's why they stand out above a lot of the rest of the Marvel movies. Because they're thoughtful and they're emotional and they're, mm. they deal with real themes. What what would what would what's your argument for David Ayo be? <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be hard to compete with that, isn't it? Wow. Um Well he's made he's made a lot of military and police films, which we've got a lot of those already. But mm-hmm. they're mainly based on his experiences. So he he grew up, uh, well, he moved around a lot, but he's had personal experience with L.A. and the police uh, force there and seeing what they're like. I guess you could say that about anyone living in L.A., I guess. But apparently he's, like, used personal experience to, to like, put them in, in these films. Similarly, he was in the Navy for a bit, so that that's where he's got some of his inspo for some of his other military films from. His first thing he did, he was a writer for ages before he was a director. Um, so he directed, well, no, sorry, he wrote uh, something called U571 or 571. Don't know what that is. Never heard of it. Um, and then Training Day is another one. I've heard of that one. I don't know what it's about. I have not. Um, and then maybe his most notable thing is The Fast and the Furious in 2001. He was a co-writer. Really? Yeah, which is... Sorry, the cat is all over the notes. I'm going to move them to this side. <laughs> um, which is pretty notable. I'd say maybe, other than Suicide Squad, possibly the biggest... Well, it's oh, one definitely. of the biggest franchises now. 
But yeah, he was there at the start writing, co-writing some of that. The thing so, that's weird about David Ayer is I don't like, I don't disagree. You know, I can't say he's not had experiences or whatever. What baffles me is if he's telling me he's writing from like dealing with the cops and the army and that, I wonder why the details are so like slim on the like bright. Have you seen bright? Thankfully not. I have not. It's like it's a take on the police and racism from the perspective who's only ever read about those things on Twitter. I swear to God. Like it's so it's so brain dead. And I don't know, maybe that's the point. Maybe that's the point. If you like was he a cop? Is that what you're saying? Like when he's dealt with the police? Is that I don't I didn't see any uh reference to that he used to paint houses oh <laughs> what i'm getting trouble for a bit. i don't know what are you doing up there david we've told you about this. <laughs> not not graffiti he's just painting someone else's house for them like what are you doing i wanted it beige not pink i, I mean I, I mean i've not seen any of his military flicks so i don't really know but like that that stood out to me as like like the the, the comments and the takes in bright are really really like they're so dumb. They're so dumb. Yeah. So it's difficult to say. I mean, so is, you're suggesting his contribution to cinema is he's been in the army. <laughs> well, okay, no, it's it's not. Um, it's, I guess he's got more, uh, because he's been in the army and done, well, the Navy specifically, but because he has that actual experience, you could, you'd know that, going in to watch one of his things about that, potentially it would be more true to what the actual experience is. Mm. Um, I mean, the only one of his war-based films I've seen is Fury, which kind of goes against this argument because it's set in like the 40s. So (laughs) there's not too much to say about that. But I, I remember enjoying how gritty and grounded it was. Yeah. There's a scene in particular where it's it's just ta- it's just tanks fighting basically. But there's a bit where there's you've got a good guy tanks on one side and you've got your bad guy tanks on the other and they're just machine gunning and shooting each other. And it almost looks like a scene out of Star Wars because the bullets and stuff that are going across mm. the way they've they've um done them. They made them look like laser bolts almost because they're like bright and shooting at each other yeah, yeah. which when you see like a uh, old original footage of spitfires or tanks shooting you see like the whatever they are almost glowing as yeah, they go yeah. across which i haven't seen done anywhere else often they just have shell go explosion but the fact that it looked you know in uh this is this probably isn't another good comparison either in attack of the clones in that's in, in star wars <laughs> Yeah, there's just that that they're fighting on Geonosis and it's all dusty and the clones yeah. are shooting away and it's just blue and red just constantly yeah. it looks proper intense. Yeah, yeah, it's cool, yeah. It looked like that and it it was original, not necessarily based on any past experience, but different and it stood out to me. Well, so I can that's still a, I, I, remember I can it. see some value in that. I think the thing with David Ayer is um as much as I'm quite happy to joke about him and the way he spoke about movies in the past, he's also one of the uh, I'd say, hmm, 
less than talented directors who I also believe has one of the biggest potentials for growth, actually. Uh, That's because, fair. Yeah. Because one of, the, one of the things that David Ayer has, has surprised me in over the past couple of years is... Because he, he couldn't take it originally when Suicide Squad came out. Like, it was all just, like, deflection, or oh, the studio ruined my movie, blah, 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 blah. Since then, I've seen more than one interaction with him on Twitter actually responding to criticism in a really rational way in a way that uh, shows a capability to grow and change and understand what he did wrong. Like, he 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 showed off... I think it was some concept art for, like, Harley Quinn. Um, and uh, he said, oh, this is the sort of thing we wanted to do. We were told, no, blah, 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 blah. And uh, there was a woman who, in his comments who was like, to be honest with you, James, like, not James, David, uh, I, I'm not a fan of this design either. It shows a lot of the problems a lot of women had with Harley's design in the movie that came out and then mm-hmm. he proffered like an argument back and she just gave a thoughtful response of like this is this is this is the problems with the way you introduced the character you fetishized her you ogled her it was all male gaze you literally yeah. stopped the movie at one point for us to look at her bra you know like yeah. It, yeah. It, blah 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 and he like tweeted back like thank you for this thoughtful response that completely makes sense to me as a man who's consumed like almost nothing but action flicks, I don't really stop to think about how these things affect people, but I'll be mindful of it in the future. And I was like, damn, if you pay off on that, yeah, if you really do like keep that in mind and keep pushing forward, because I, the thing about Suicide Squad, which is which is the movie of his that I've uh, most recently seen, um, a lot of the really bad problems are actually in the edit, like. Mm. the performances are generally quite good and i don't think the script is really terrible um there's there's just there's so many instances of like there's set up and there's no payoff and it feels like there would have been payoff feels like in the script there probably would have been payoff and it's been lost in the edit there's times when characters are jumping a fucking around like the world it feels like between like scenes it's unbelievable a lot of the problems with that movie are in the edit not necessarily in the direction it's not the movie I think should have been made, but I don't think it was like terrible, terrible, terrible. I do think he can improve, you know? So while I don't think he's pushed that, I don't think he's done enough yet. I think he could one day, you know, maybe we could revisit David Ayer in a, in a couple of years time and see if, yeah, you know what I mean? I would like, yeah. to, I would certainly like to think so. Another, I mean, I didn't, I did, you know, I, I didn't really think it would be, possible to make too much of a good argument with david but i had uh, i had one i had one extra retort with james which was just that um early on he was involved filmically in a lot of uh young people's sexual awakenings because of sexy velma i know he didn't direct those movies he wrote those movies <laughs> but there's uh but there's but there's many um lgbt people in the world that would like to thank james gunn for sexy velma so <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um you touched twi- like you know you mentioned David Ayer on Twitter. Yeah, sure. James Gunn on is also pretty phenomenal on Twitter, also because he uses it and he's just like honest and truthful and stuff. Like um, when the new The Suicide Squad trailer came out, someone jokingly tweeted, "Oh, I'm just gonna put it out there, get it in early." Hashtag release the gun cut. Mm. And he found that and replied to it and said, no, this is the gun cut. This is this is going to be as it is, which 
isn't necessarily, yeah, good for James Gunn getting the cut of his film made. It's more Warner Brothers. Yep, you've, you, you're learning. You're seeing that actually just let directors do their thing. Yeah. Um, and also, that- in, in regards to that kind of like, I mean, I know, I, I do understand that it was a joke, the release, the gun cut, but like, there's so much toxicity with the release, the Snyder cut and restore the Snyderverse yeah. crowd. I think it was uh, good on James Gunn's part to immediately squash because what he's essentially saying is this this like all movies is a movie it's a collaborative effort you know say what you will about studios and execs and how stupid they can be and how badly decisions can made every movie ever is a collaborative um process between the crew the cast the director and yes even the studio um the studio will have asked him to remove things the studio will have asked him to add things that's yep. just the nature of modern filmmaking, especially with big superhero franchises. Uh, and it's good uh, that James has immediately squashed that kind of, even the joke of it. Like, nah, yeah. moving past it. This is just, it's just a movie. That. We're not going to do a fucking director's cut or an ultimate edition. The movie's going to come out. I hope you enjoy it. We're going to move on. Yeah. Yeah. So already he's, he's seeming a lot more, I don't know, less. I mean, uh, in terms oh, of. The word? It'll come to me in about five minutes or once we finish recording and I'll text you it. And you're going to have to edit it in of like Google Translate just text saying to speech. it for me. Yes. Yeah. I think one of the things that, because this is the thing about David Ayer having the potential to grow is, again, going back to Twitter, James Gunn has had a lot of controversy around his life because of old jokes that he made, which were mm-hmm. completely distasteful and they weren't funny. He has apologized multiple times on that account and it's usually... Well, I say usually, I genuinely can't think of something off the top of my head. He's using his platform as a source for positivity, yes, you know, yeah. that, which is, that's, a, and that's, that's why a lot of people have forgiven him for, for those things, because he doesn't just say, oh, I'm so weak. Can you please stop? Bully? You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. genuinely, it, it seemed funny to me at the time. I don't know why. <laughs> I get it. I'm sorry. I've been doing all this and I'm going to continue to do all this and hopefully it's going to make yeah. everything okay. Um, and I would like to think, I always like to think the best of people. I would like to think mm. that people like David Ayer in, in, in the meantime, you know, it, if, if, if it really, the thing about David Ayer that stands up to me from having this discussion, especially with what you said from Fury, I don't really want to see you make any superhero movies, David Ayer. It doesn't really seem to be your forte. No. I don't want to see you make any fantasy or modern fantasy movies. I don't want to see Bright 2. But even though it's not my jam, if you've got, some things to say or some things to present about the military in either way in either positive negative yeah. light whatever you should always write what you know yeah you probably do have a like a good voice there you know yes yeah he's yeah looking at his um past filmography he seems to have found his little niche and where it's recently sort of wavered and gone a bit wrong is when he's tried doing stuff outside of that. So like Brights, like Suicide Squad, they haven't been wholly accepted positively. But generally speaking, End of Watch, Fury, his two highest rated ones on IMDb, he's doing what he knows. He's doing war films or police dramas or police films. Getting told off for painting houses, presumably. That's what End of Watch is about. (laughs) It was where he got that from, yeah. Um, So... He sticks to that. Someone's got to make those. Yeah. End of the day. And I, just, I hope they're good. Be that guy. Yeah. yeah. So 
completely lost to James Gunn on this occasion. Yes, unfortunately <laughs> but, so. But unlike last week's loser, Michael Bay, I've got a bit of faith potentially in David Ayer. Yeah. So thank you very much for listening slash watching this episode of Director's Cut. Let us know in the comments if you've got any ideas for any directors you'd like to see go head to head in this show and what you thought of it as well. Give us a like, give us a subscribe, or if you've been listening to us on your favorite podcasting app, hit that follow button for more as well. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.